0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Connected by Community brought to you by Ballantine Capital Advisors. I'm Brian Ballantine and I'm here with Anthony Colincheco. And today we're excited to have joining us Mike Chabarro from Battlefield Leadership. And I don't think I butchered that, so that okay, right. did a good job. Good. <laughs> yeah. um, so welcome to the show, Mike. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me. And uh, we hope to talk about a lot of really cool stuff today. We kind of talked a little bit before we started rolling the cameras in the video. So, uh, but before we jump into those things, tell those folks that don't know you, you know, are you
1: from the area? Are you married, kids, grandkids, all that kind of wonderful stuff? Sure. Thank you. Uh, So, yes, I'm unique in that I am from the area, born and raised in Greenville. Um, Spent my entire career with Ernst & Young, CPA firm, 31 years uh, a lot of that was in different roles that took me outside of Greenville, kind of traveled the country. Uh, but uh, always the best part about travel was coming back home to Greenville, which I love. Uh, wife and three boys uh, now got five grandkids, uh, all local here. So, so very blessed by that. But I'll tell you, I, um, I retired early from my accounting career. Uh, got out while I still had some degree of sanity. And now uh, my passion is really around leadership development. And that's how I uh, joined up with a company called Battlefield Leadership, doing experiential leadership training, using the metaphor of history to do that.
0: That's kind of unique. So maybe tell us what that means and how does that look? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's funny. uh, I got exposed to it while I was at Ernst & Young, Uh, obviously a very uh, strong uh, company in terms of investing in its people. So they had sent me to a lot of different training programs. They sent me to Harvard. They sent me to Kellogg. And quite frankly, a lot of those things, after after a few days of sitting in a room, watching somebody flip through a PowerPoint and talk to you, you kind of, you know, if you're like me and you have a little bit of ADD, you kind of lose interest. But then they sent me to uh, Normandy uh, with battlefield leadership. And what that was, was actually being outside on the ground with a couple of uh, really great historians and a business facilitator to walk through the history of D-Day and then transfer leadership principles that came into play with the successful D-Day invasion to what I did every day at Ernst & Young. Man, I was hooked. It it was gold for me. Uh, And so when I retired from Ernst & Young, my folks at Battlefield Leadership called me and said, hey, would you be interested in helping us do what we do? And I said, you mean you'll pay me to do that? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I hooked up with them. And I think the magic really is being on the ground, being aware the these events happened. And so what it does for people is it etches in your mind forever, not just the history, but the leadership principle. And so when you leave there, you know, like with any training, the, the danger of any training is you go back to the office and you have a binder you got, you throw it on your shelf, and you never think about it again. But man, when you have been to Gettysburg, when you have been to Normandy, been the Little Bighorn or one of these places, and you stood where the history happened, you never forget it. And it and it has a it, it affects both your head and your heart, and so I think that's the power of
0: it. Really like hands on leadership. Absolutely, I mean it's really what it is.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. H- how many programs does uh, Battlefield? Yeah. Have? Well, pre COVID, <laughs> we were doing a, a, over a hundred a year, and mostly you know corporate groups, uh, executive groups, uh, leadership groups. Uh, COVID obviously took a bite out of that because it suspended corporate travel, but coming back and, and doing a number, and now hopefully do, you know, 30 or 40 this year as, as groups get back out and travel.
0: What are some of the more popular places you go to?
1: Yeah, so top of the list is going to be Gettysburg. Uh, it's an easy place to get to for, for travelers. And the, the thing about Civil War history, I, I don't know what it is, but the characters are so rich. Maybe it's the fact that when they sat around at night, they couldn't watch Netflix, so they journaled. And so we know a lot about them, and we know a lot about the battles. So I'd say Gettysburg at the top of the list. Most Civil War battlefields, we do a program there. And I'll be at Antietam next week doing a program. Uh, Chickamauga and Chattanooga, um, you know, Vicksburg, you name it, we could probably we, we've we've done a program there. Um, second to that, probably and more difficult to get to would be Normandy, the D Day. You know, you gotta you gotta carve out the time to get there. But I think every American should get there and understand what that what that invasion did. Uh, for the things that we get to enjoy today. And then I'd say uh, probably third on the list of uh, popularity might be Little Bighorn, Custer's last stand. It's not a great day in American history, but when you think about it from a corporate standpoint and you see the danger of complacency and how that creeps into leadership every day, thinking that you can never lose, and then you see what the Indians did to Custer, Little Bighorn, you never forget it. So those are probably top three.
0: So you you said mostly corporations, so is this just large corporations? Do some small companies do it? Could maybe even self-employed people say, I want to be better. Uh, Do schools do it? Maybe talk about who, who, who does these things and why?
1: Yeah, we've we've done the full gamut. We'd probably focus more on corporate leaders um, because it is an investment, mm-hmm. but we've done everything from Fortune 5 companies. Uh, one of our largest clients has been a Fortune 5 company all the way down to entrepreneurial type companies. And then every year we'll do a, a select number, what we call open enrollments. So if you're a small company and you've just got two or three people that wanna go, you'll join up with other people there and, and do that. Done a few on the educational side, but uh, mostly focused on the on the corporate setting because it is an investment. And uh, I think that's where it really resonates with folks in terms of having an impact. What, uh, what would someone actually get out of that program? Mm. Yeah. So we like to say what you're going to get is a life-changing experience. And uh, I can honestly say that all the programs I've ever been involved in, we've never had a dissatisfied customer. And I think wh- the reason for that is um, it, so often in corporate settings, you, corporate leaders are so busy. They rarely take time to, to get off of the mountain they're climbing, to stop and reflect. So if you carve out two or three days to go to one of these sites, I think one of the great things they get, they get a respite. They get time to step back and reflect. And then we provide a framework for them to think about themselves as a leader. So I think the number one thing that they get from, from our programs is they get the opportunity to become better leaders. They get the opportunity to become better at what they do, really reflect on that, and we give them a path forward for that. And then the other thing is, they get inspired. When you go to Gettysburg and you talk about Joshua Chamberlain and, and you take them to Little Roundtop and you see this guy who was a college professor and what he does on that day to shape American history, you leave there and you say, man, I want to be more like that guy. And so you, you have personal inspiration.
0: So, do, and you, you said something about two or three days, or most of, the, or most of them two to three days. Yeah, is that two to three days there plus travel? How, how does the timing yeah. work?
1: So a typical, a typical program would be a Monday through Wednesday or Wednesday through Friday. If it was a U.S. based program, group would, would would come into town on say a Monday uh, Monday afternoon. We'd have an opening time with them, kind of set the stage, uh, give them a little bit of historical background, and then they have a nice dinner. And because the networking is as important too as as they come together, then you got a full day on the battlefield the next day, uh, with followed by we have an after action review after every program. And then the following the final day would be a half day and then we'll have a final after action review. We're really trying to help them hone in on what it is they're going to take away and apply. So you're looking at you know basically with travel, about a three day commitment, but actually on site it's probably a total of about a couple of days.
0: And how many people are in these groups?
1: Yeah, so ideal size would be anywhere from fifteen to twenty five. We've done groups as large as sixty. we've done classroom programs with you know, a few thousand in the room. But the ideal group, I think, from a dynamic standpoint, somewhere around 15 to 25, you get much bigger than that. People don't share. Because the real power of the program also is the interactive sharing that occurs. You take people to a setting and we use Socratic method. We're going to ask questions. We're going to we're going to get people to open up and talk about what they do and their work and how they can apply. And so as you're you basically have an open classroom on the battlefield and they're sharing. And so if you get too large a group, you take away some of that. so now, I was going to ask, do you see a lot of companies doing more team building? Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a great team building event. Um, one of our larger companies um, uses it for team building. They also use it for what we call differential investments and in high potentials. So, if you've got a group of high potential leaders and you want to do something really special for them, You'll send them to one of our programs. And even uh, one client uses w- uh, what they call a leadership journey. So they'll set up a succession of multiple programs where over the course of a year, they'll take them to Gettysburg. They'll take them a little bighorn and they might cap it off with a trip to Normandy or, or somewhere else. So, yeah.
0: So, and you shared a little bit about, you know, how exciting it was for you and things you learned. Mm-hmm. What are some of the feedback you hear from, from your clients that, that go there and, and some of the outcomes?
1: Yeah, yeah, great, great, great question. So the feedback we generally hear, and I, I, I hate to tutor on horn, but what we typically get is most powerful leadership experience of my life. You know, just it, it's just a, a very emotive experience, um, and I think because it's so different. But I think beyond that, what I think people get and what we hear the most is I got something practically that I can use. So we will intersperse a lot of military leadership principles as well. Uh, give give you a simple example. Um, we use um, something in the military uses called commander's intent, which is a technique that the military uses to explain purpose method in state. Well, in most corporations, uh, the breakdowns of mission usually falls because there's lack of clarity around commander's intent. So they they leave with a practical tool. That they can apply in their setting, and and there are multiple ones like that. So um, the 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 personal inspiration and the the practical aspects of of what what they can get, I think, are the big things they take away.
0: You mentioned that Gettysburg was one of the most popular, and obviously Normandy for for the obvious reasons that everyone should try to do. What's well, maybe a surprising one that people you know wouldn't think? Man, I, I should spend some time there reflecting whether it's in this program or being there. But what's maybe a surprising place and one that yeah. people get unsurprised outcomes?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, one that we've done that I think most people can relate to, you know, it's hard for some people to go back and relate to Civil War. We do a program called Decisions of Consequence around the 9-11 Memorial in New York City. So everybody that, that yeah. is, was alive during that time can can connect to that one. And so leading in the midst of crisis and how all that impacted you, uh, when we've done that, it was kind of a surprise how deeply that one connected with folks. Um, but again, I think it's a function more of where people are in their leadership journey and, and the connection they have. But like I say, we've never had one where people walked away and said, that was a waste of my time.
0: Yeah. Well, I know with nine having personally been to to that, I'll speak, is we, we have someone on our team that just recently went to New York and was. I heard her talking about it. Because it's it is history. It's interesting. Some of our mm-hmm. young folks, you know, it was it was had happened before they were even pa- they they were born. Um, we can personally relate to it, so it's not just reading a textbook. I remember where I was the day I was on the road and and I turned over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember pulling over in a parking lot, hearing when the first plane hit and what happened. Um, those sites are, are really impactful, I think, when you've read about the history book. But, but boy, when you've read about it and you've seen it happen Absolutely. and heard it, the impact has to be great. So doing something like that has to have an extra sensory yeah. as a human yeah. that it's personal. Because if you live through nine eleven uh and you have an emotional bone in your body, you can't help but feel some pain mm-hmm. and sorrow when you're when you're at
1: that hole in the ground. Absolutely. Um and and so it's powerful. You know, the other thing, um, we, just a note, we, we do a fair number of programs uh, in the classroom because we can't get everybody to the battlefield, right. especially if it's a large group. So we use video. And, yeah. and, one, and one of the ones, I mean, your, your question prompts is um, we do a program around the 1947 Brooklyn Dodgers. And, you know, a lot of corporations do training around diversity and inclusion. Uh, we use this one to teach about diversity and inclusion, but also teach about leadership. 1947, uh, there were 400 baseball players in the major leagues. None were black until Jackie Robinson comes along. So we use the story of Branch Rickey and Jackie Robinson and the Brooklyn Dodgers and how they integrated him to to their team to teach about how a team can work more effectively when when they do become more diverse. That one and the other one in the classroom that's very popular is the story of Sir Ernest Shackleton and the Antarctic uh, adventurer. He uh, went to the South Pole in 1914, went for a trip that was supposed to last three months. It lasted 684 days. And he returned to everybody alive, which was very rare. And it's a wonderful metaphor about leadership and building team unity. Those are done in the classroom and and is, and, and can have the same effect.
0: So if those are done in the classroom you, when COVID happened or if people are remote, are those some of the things you can offer for teams that are across the country yes. uh, to learn some things that they can't all get to Gettysburg or wherever Absolutely.
1: it might be? Absolutely. Zoom kept us alive during COVID. And we were able to do a number of things over, over Zoom. It's not the full effect of being there, right. but uh, thank goodness for Hollywood because they can bring it alive through video. And we use a lot of videos to do that. So jump into another topic, you, you love writing books. <laughs> <laughs> I love telling stories. <laughs> you know? So how many books you have and what, what are you yeah, writing about? Yeah. So uh, one of the things, uh, just to give you an intro for that. So when I retired from Ernst Young, and again, I got out with my Sandy, got out at a little bit of early age. And retirement's not the right word, because I knew there were many things I wanted to do post career. And um, I never should have been an accountant. I became an accountant because I had a first generation Italian immigrant father who said, you better get a job when you get out of college. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I want to be a sports writer. I love sports. So when I got out of accounting, I said, hey, it's my chance. I'll write a book. So I've written three sports history books. My wife likes to say she's married to a worst-selling author. (laughs) Um, They're they're not, you know, I'm not trying to make a name or anything, but they were stories that I felt needed to be told and needed to be preserved. I think, um, you know, the sad thing is when stories die with people. And so um, I'll just mention the latest one. The the latest book is called Voices of Meadowbrook Park. So if you're in Greenville and you go down to Unity Park, my hope was that, People who go to Unity Park will understand the history of that area, not just from the the black community that, uh, that was served down there, but the baseball history. And this is where it connected with me. So in the ground where Unity Park is was a ballpark called Meadowbrook Park from 1938 to 1942, built by a Baltimore businessman by the name of Joseph Cambria, an Italian immigrant. And uh, this park, over that period of time... Over 40 Major League Hall of Famers appeared in that park, many of them during the barnstorming years when they're traveling from spring training up north. Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, 1939 Yankees, and Joe DiMaggio and Lou Gehrig played at Meadowbrook Park. So from a baseball perspective, that's kind of sacred ground. So that's a a book about that, but it also captures uh, some of the history of the community there in, in local Greenville history, which is special to me. So that's been fun. It's been a hobby. So how could people find that book if they wanted to read it? Yeah, it? so it it is on Amazon, uh, <laughs> but cool. uh, I encourage people to, uh, uh, to 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 just reach out on my uh, publishing website because if you know anything about Amazon, you know that, that they get most of what you what, uh, what, yeah. what you keep. So it's called Thirty Seven publishingcom com, and uh, it's where you can get all three of my books. They're all three local sports books, and uh, uh, shipping's free off of that too. So Thirty uh, Seven Publishing com.
0: What what. One other thing that, that I think maybe because because whether it's sports history or you're teaching them about leadership, what are your thoughts? Because obviously you know a lot about history, uh, about the importance of history. You know, we were talking about if I maybe I should give a background. I wanted to have my son here because he is a young kid, loves history, and I think that's lost a lot of times on our mm-hmm. younger generation. Um, and 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 I think he gets it because a lot of times we you know how's the saying go? We're doomed to repeat it if exactly. we don't know it. So maybe, what are your thoughts about why it's important that we know history, and then we learn
1: from it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so encouraging to hear about your son. Um, anytime I hear that, quite frankly, my love of history didn't occur till a, a later age. I wish it had occurred sooner. But I think so much is lost when people don't understand the history. For that very reason, we're you know we're doomed to repeat it. But just the lessons that can be learned from people who went before you. Think about think about it just from a business setting. And you think about the mentors and the relationships you've had that help you get to where you are from a business. What you're really talking about there is history. You're learning from somebody else's history. And so when, when we fail to acknowledge it, when we fail to study it, we're basically shortchanging ourselves from the ability to learn and to grow. So, so that's the primary reason. And then the other thing for me kind of goes back to inspiration. You know, my, my ultimate hero in American history is Abraham Lincoln. Uh, if you go to my office in my home, there's a there's a portrait of Lincoln behind my desk because there are many times during the day I'm thinking, what would Lincoln do in this moment? And they're, and they're just, if you, if you know his life and you know his story, certainly he wasn't perfect, but there's so many attributes of his leadership, the ability to communicate, the um, commitment he had to developing himself and the learning. Those things inspire me every, every day. And I think when we don't study history, we just miss out on that. Because I, I think people are looking for role models and looking for inspiration. And Lincoln said it best. He said, uh, you know, until a tree falls, you really can't measure it. And so, you know, there are many great leaders today, but until you get to the end of their life and you let some time pass, you really can't validate the character and the integrity and, and the measure of their success. And so that's the power of history.
0: Awesome. Well, um, that's a lot of cool stuff you're doing <laughs> and a lot of the cool things that we all could learn from. And, uh Certainly, I'm going to check out a little bit about <laughs> what you're doing, and uh, yeah. uh, my son might want to take a look as well. And uh, I know Anthony wanted to ask one more question about our signature question, yeah. or maybe more. I, I, I had
1: two more questions. Okay. Oh, sure. I, I know oh. there's an event coming up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to just— Yeah, so the Greenville Drive uh, on this Friday night are honoring the Greenville Black Spinner's. So in a segregated society uh, like Greenville was up until you know uh, civil rights came about, um, baseball was an important part of the black community. But unfortunately, it was a separate part of the community. You had white baseball and you had black baseball. So the black community, they had their team, the Greenville Black Spinners, a semi-professional team with many great athletes, many athletes who had they been given the opportunity that their white counterparts had gotten. We might have been reading about them in the major leagues. So the Greenville Drive is going to honor them on Friday night at their game. I'll be there signing books. A number of the descendants from those black spinners will be there. The last, the, the last, there would be one, I think, that was actually played for the black spinners. So it's going to be a great night. The driver going to wear commemorative black spinner uniforms. So that's at, at the drive stand, seven, uh, 705 first pitch, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the signature question that we ask everyone, <laughs> what makes you tick? Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, I it, 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 uh, can't uh, escape my faith on that. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower and everything stems from that. And so the, from a leadership perspective, just put it in context, the greatest leader ever was Jesus Christ. He took 12 ordinary men who were not the sharpest knives in the drawer and he changed the course of history. How did he, how did he do that? Well, we could, we could talk for hours. And so, uh, you know, for me, that's where I draw my inspiration. That's where I draw uh, 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 my, my fortune in life, my, my blessing in life all comes from my relationship with Christ. And so that, that's where it comes from first and foremost. But then to carry that further, um, you know, again, I have this passion around leadership because whether it's a business, church, a family, a school, everything sort of rises and falls based on leadership. So in the time I have left here on earth, I hope I can make some investment in helping leaders get better at what they do. So that's what drives me every day.
0: Great stuff, man. I'm inspired just listening <laughs> to you. So, and I, I don't yes. with hearing that answer. That I don't know the name of the book. I should know. I've read. I've read it. Uh, the greatest man that ever lived. Uh, it's on our reading list at work. Og Mandino. Yeah. Um, you know <laughs> uh, about. And then and, uh, the richest man that ever lived, King Solomon, mm-hmm. and so it uses some of these biblical stories about That's leadership. True. They're great. I don't know if you've, you've yeah. Sure There's
1: you've also heard. a book called Lean Like Jesus, and yeah. uh, you know, and 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 you know, the other thing about that is who was the best storyteller ever? It was Jesus Christ. Right. He started with parables, right? And that that and so we stole it with battlefield leadership. The ability to connect with people with something that might be relevant with to them through the power of story. So.
0: Great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here. And maybe for those that want to find out more about what you're doing on the battlefield, uh, could you tell them how how to reach out to you or find you? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So if you're interested in uh, getting involved with Battlefield Leadership, or perhaps you've got a group that would like be interested in some leadership training, go to battlefieldleadership.com. It's battlefieldleadership.com. And uh, you'll see our website and everything you need to know there, all our programs, all our facilitators, the information uh, is there. Um, and then if you want to just reach out to me personally, uh, Mikechabaro at BattlefieldLeadership.com.
0: Thanks again, Mike. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for everyone out there, go out and find our website uh, or excuse me, our, uh, our social media post on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and all the various social media platforms uh, and podcast platforms. And until we see you next time, go out and make our community great.
1: All information during this podcast is for discussion purposes only, should not be construed as advice. Please seek the advice of appropriate professionals before acting on anything in this podcast. Past performance is not an indicator of future results. Securities through Triad Advisors, LLC member FINRA, Advisor Services through Ballantyne Capital Advisors, Inc., Triad Advisors, and Ballantyne Capital Advisors are not affiliated.